AG, AG1. By the way, I'm seeing commercials now on television for AG1. They're doing good. Do you Athletic think greens. in any way, shape, or form that... Uh, yes. That, that we, are, we are the root cause of all this? We're responsible yes. for getting them to the point where they're able to do television commercials. Yes, I agree. I think we, we should take credit for that. Absolutely. We push Here's this good, product like nothing else. Yeah, I mean, and why not? I mean, I, I will push anything that I believe in wholeheartedly, and this is one area of my life that I use every day. And, and so I'm happy to talk about how we can make it easy for our listeners to get in on Athletic Greens uh, by giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs, which I'm going through daily out here in Colorado. With your mm-hmm. first purchase, just visit athleticgreens.com slash daddy issues, athleticgreens.com slash daddy issues. And why don't you, Oliver, uh, just talk about, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, the 75 uh, vitamins well, and minerals that are packed up in every scoop. There's 75 vitamins and minerals that are packed up in every scoop. I mean, that's just what it is. I, I wake up every morning. I make my athletic greens, which is taking a scoop of these 75 active minerals and vitamins. And you put them into my little shake or shake of a bottle of water down it and I'm good. I'm good for the day. I don't have to take 8,000 pills. You know what? A piece of this that we've never talked about? What? It costs a user less than $3 a day to do this. Yes. It's an all-in-one nutritional insurance for your body. I just don't know how you can look the other way. This story is just too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Just draw, just just get it. Try it. Use the code. What's our code, Joe? Uh, yeah, our code. That's easy. Athleticgreens.com slash daddy issues. Then we get credit for you joining and you, you know, just add to your better lifestyle. Why not? Calorie Audio. I feel like you and I are, we're at a slumber party because (laughs) I'm in laying on a bed in uh, one room of connecting rooms here in Denver with my napping almost four-year-old sons in the other room. So God only knows how long this podcast is going to go. And you, Mm -hmm. I hope to God, Mm -hmm. are in Rio's bed. I am. I'm in Rio's bed. I've got stuffed animals all around me. I've got up here. There's stuffed animals. I uh, I just found a quiet place in in the house, and it happened to be Rio's room. Are there any posters? Like, is there any Bieber posters or any of that stuff on the walls? No, I'm I'm making her throw it back to like Corey Haim. She's got like Corey Haim posters here. The two Corys. <laughs> no, she doesn't. She doesn't. She's not into like. She's into boys at eight. You know, she's like, I like Clyde or I like well, whoever. Well, she's Jack. a Hudson. She's a Hudson. I know it's true, but but she's not. She's not overly into it. You know what I mean? Not yet. Well, your sister has a an Instagram account that is not her public one. That I'm not going to give it all, but she, it's got the word tough in it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I feel like Rio, mm-hmm. being your daughter being Aaron's daughter, being her brother's little sister is going to be tough in the best possible way. Mm-hmm. Not going to, not going to be like some pushover. Yeah, I think so. 
I think so. I mean, she's so sweet and wakes up smiling every morning. It's like not real. She's like not real. That's what Aaron always says. She's like, you're like not a real human. I mean, she's just so she's just so positive and all this, but she can be tough. There's no doubt. I hope I hope she's tough. And yeah. I, I try to make her tough, you know, by cursing and being sort of like, you don't let anyone fucking tell you what to do. And, you know, I Will you please tell the world that you're kidding now? I'm kidding. Okay. Can we yeah, discuss your I, I Instagram really from yesterday? Why do what, you say? Oh, my. Can we uh, discuss your Instagram yesterday? It was just an inspired moment. I don't know. I was in traffic, man. I don't know. So I, I, I mean, I know you too well. To, so when I clicked on the picture of your Instagram, which was, I assume was like an Instagram live thing or something. Yeah, I did a live thing and then I okay. said, I could either post it or, or, or erase it. And I, I guess I, I don't really know how to work Instagram that well, to, to be honest. So I, I just posted it and I guess it's up there now. Okay, so here's yeah. my point. I know you okay. well enough that when I saw that this was some long video, yeah, and I, I saw how it started, and you're just okay. driving, you're not really talking, and then it leads to singing, yeah. and then I skipped to the end because I don't care, and I'm <laughs> I'm not really entertained Spending by you. Eighteen minutes. <laughs> it was like twenty six minutes. I'm not kidding yeah. you. And then at the end of it, now you're shirtless. Yeah, and I'm like, how did it get from where this started? <laughs> it's like jumping to the end of the sixth sense or something. Okay. Where like, what do you mean he wasn't there? Like I, right. I, I, I was like, how did Oliver go from just driving and humming in his car? I went a little forward. Now you're singing. Got it. I've seen it a million times. Yeah. And then I go to the end, and you're shirtless singing your <laughs> god awful songs. And I was like, at what point? Now I'm scrolling back to go, what point did the shirt come off? How did we get from, from point A to point E? I, it was just, it was fascinating to me. <laughs> well, there's sort of design in this whole thing because I understand that no one's going to watch the whole thing, maybe some people, but knowing me, they might skip ahead. And all of a sudden, they'll go, they'll exactly, you know, think what you thought, which is, oh, it's him being, and then you skip it all of a sudden. He's shirtless and he's hats off. Now they're going to get curious. Okay, how the hell did this happen? So oh, it's so I of, fell into your trap. I'm a moron. I'm, I'm like an Instagram idiot, and you're playing me like a marionette. I, I am. Well, you know, there's a lot of thought. It's not just you know, it's it's not just pure spontaneity. There is some thought that goes into these things. You know, it's just uh, I'm that smarter was not than pure spontaneity. No, that was pure spontaneity. That was that. That definitely was. But 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 there was a moment. There's a moment where I'm thinking, okay, no one's going to watch this. But if they do skip ahead and my shirt comes off, they're going to wonder how I got there. So then they're going to have to go back and take a peek. I did. You. I mean, yes. You. you you're like. Yeah. You're like Kaiser Sose. You know. You know what I'm going to do before <laughs> I do it. I mean, two things here. One, you're like one click away from the guy on the skateboard drinking the ocean spray cranberry juice. That's uh, right. With the Fleetwood Mac song Two, I think of your children and, and I, I weep for your children. The aforementioned I, Rio who's tough. This is part of toughening her up. Like, Oh, my dad's nuts. Or I think of your kids, teachers who mm -hmm. may or may not follow you on Instagram going, mm -hmm. okay, well that explains why 
Wilder was sad today because his dad is embarrassing the shit out right. of him on Instagram. Oh, 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 you you brought up a great point, actually, in my world, you know, or even in the not forget my world. I mean, even people who might be, have a public Instagram account and teachers like my kids, teachers do follow me on Instagram. So they get an entire window into who my children are through me and my insanity, you know, which may be a good thing because then they're forgiven for things that they might not have been forgiven for if they didn't, these teachers didn't know who I was, you know, they're right. like, oh, well, he's, he's just a product of his father. So we're going to give them a pass on this one. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. But they're going to, they're going to start sending notes to your kids. Like, do you need help? If you need us to intervene, you know, just blink twice and, right. and we will report your father. Right. For these asinine instagram posts and and make sure that he's taken out of your life for good yeah yeah no well here's the good thing the good thing is i've been doing this with my kids since they were born so they are callous they 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 are immune to my insanity because they've grown up with it so if you watch some of my weird videos where i'm singing in the kitchen or whatever in the morning and the kids are just sort of going about their morning not paying any attention I know it, you. You could almost, if you didn't know you, you could almost be convinced that those are like hired actors to play your kids because they're so non-thrown off. They're they're so like nonchalant about what you're doing, which is just craziness that they're not yeah. even blinking. Yeah, no, they don't. They don't even. They're they're fine with it. They 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 have no. They have no reaction to it, you know. It's it's kind of good. I feel like it's good, and they're whip smart when it comes to people trying to pull one over on them. Because I've been I've been doing shit like that their entire lives, messing. Yeah. And you do that too, though. Like all the time with them, you know, pulling the wool, all that to the point where now I can't get anything by them, anything, because they know now that I'm not. I'm just trying to mess with them. You know, which yeah, is a well, good, it's like, now to the point where like, uh, with Blake and White are like, are you really telling the truth right, right. now? Because I'm like, <laughs> no, guys, I know that your father has been crying wolf more times than not. I know that I tell you that there's a machine that comes in and, you know, will suck boogers out of your nose and throw them back in your face or whatever I say. And <laughs> when I'm telling them something that's truthful and that yeah. they need to know for betterment in life, yeah. they're looking at me like, yeah, is this another one? Is this and I'm like, no, yeah, no, this is the proper way to zip your coat. This is how you put it on by flipping it over your head with the collar facing you and the coat facing out or whatever it is. And, yeah. and they just, now they, they're not even trusting me <laughs> for simple shit. They're just skeptical of anything that you say. Anything. <laughs> but I do think that's good parenting. I'm sorry. And and I'm sure there are people that disagree, but I have treated them as I treated my girls like many adults mm-hmm. since day one. And and like I would fuck around with a friend of mine, I will fuck with them. And eventually they start getting wise to that. Yeah. And I feel like that prepares them for assholes in the world that yeah. are telling them bullshit that they can see it and go. Sure. Nope, I smell a rat. That's not, that's not, he's not telling me the truth. That's not no. real. 
I agree. And then they learn sarcasm too. They understand what that is. You know, I, 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 I'm with you. I, I, I like that my kids are immune to that. I like that you can't get anything past them. They're not gullible in any way, you know? Right. <laughs> I just, it'll, the, the ultimate test is when the day comes when you ask your kids, did you know that the word, word gullible is not in the dictionary? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if they go, yeah, good one. You've done your job. Yeah. If they run and get a dictionary. Yeah. No. You failed no, them. That, that's that's the ultimate test, or the or the test is going to come when there's an actual fire in the house in the middle of the night. You're like, you guys are the fire. They're like, Dad, quiet. You know, right? That that cry wolf things. <laughs> that's but when I, it doesn't really work in your favor, right? But I don't do anything crazy like that. Meaning anything that is dangerous in any way, like like pulling wool, like telling them that you know there's some sort of active shooter on our street or anything like oh, that oh god oh god don't even say that oh why is that bad i, I don't know i just don't ugh. just makes my skin crawl the thought of that well just the word active shooter is scary in itself well, you know but, what i mean, I mean uh, yeah, it is but i i imagine not to go down a bad path but these kids now with the world the way it is and the proliferation of guns and gun mm-hmm. violence i'm not political and you know i'm a gun owner it's not about mm-hmm. that um but they have to be ready for that and they in schools you know i'm sure they do drills where no dude they do they do they have those drills i mean where it's 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 there's active shooter drills at, at, at the schools now which which is good they they i mean it's not good meaning it sucks that we have to do this but at the same time, you have to be prepared. Just like an earthquake drill. Now there's active shooter drills. You know, when my mom was growing up during the Cold War, she was having to do sort of, you know, atomic bomb fucking drills. It scarred her still to this day. She talks about it. She actually did an op-ed. She wrote an op-ed in the USA Today, um, which is really, really good, by the way, if you haven't read it. And it it it, it deals with sort of children fears, uh, COVID, masking, coronavirus. Anyway, she goes over her story a little bit how when she was a kid and they used to do these drills and she would go home petrified that they were going to get bombed, you know? So these kids are having to go through these kinds of drills now, but probably it saved lives. I, yeah, well, it can't hurt. And, and I know it's, it's psychological damage because I, I see in my three and a half year old Blake, he's going through a phase right now where he just is coming off to me. Like he's nervous. Like mm-hmm. we were at dinner the other night and it was a big table and Wyatt's the dominant one. And he's telling everybody where to sit and what to do and what to eat and how to order it. And then Blake's kind of hanging back surveying it all. And the, the server came by and we all ordered and we got them butter noodles. And he's like, Mommy, did you order my butter butter noodles? Yeah, like I ordered it. Mommy, did you order it? You didn't order it. I don't you didn't order it. Can you get her back here? Can you you didn't order it? No, and it was just like on. And then all of a sudden he's bawling, crying, like, yes, we did. We ordered mm-hmm. your dinner. But like there's this weird nervous thing he's going through, or when they left today to go to this candy factory, Daddy, we be here when I get back. I said, I'll be right here. 
Mm-hmm. Daddy, will you be here when I get back? I'll be right here. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm telling you. Look at me in my eyes. I will be right here. Are you sure you're going to be? You know, it's like, what is going on? And why? What is this? Is like yeah. out of nowhere right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's like um, Kevin from Parenthood. Remember the kid in Parenthood? <laughs> I think about that kid all the time. <laughs> me too. Me too. All the time. He was in, and, and Steve Martin was like not knowing how to deal with his child. And, uh, it's just, it's, it kills you. I mean, it kills you. You know. It kills you, and it, and it goes back. And I'm, I don't even know if the scene is still in there. If you were to rent it today, I guess it is. But it seems like it's just so needle off the record, like, whoa. You know, where that joke or that line of the story goes. You know, he's always trying to pat his son on the back, like, great mm-hmm. job, great. It's okay. You're doing yeah. great. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. And whatever. And the kid, you know, he can't play baseball, and he's yeah. doing this. And then it goes to an area that's not we were just talking about it a moment ago where he's yeah. like, good shot, son, where the kid is like up in the clock tower. Yeah. And, and he's, but he's still the dad. It's still up <laughs> yeah, there. Like, it's crazy. Pumping him up like, oh my God, it just in this day and age. Oh my God. Times. I forgot about that scene. Yeah. That's crazy. So, I know. I know. We weren't, we weren't living in that space at the time. So you were able to sort of make, make a joke about that. There's no way that would ever get into a movie today. No way. And it's no. different. Like being a dad the second time around, my kids weren't going through active shooter drills 20 years ago. No, no. But no as far chance. as Blake goes, it's, it's, I think, you know, first of all, they're just growing up and, and yeah, you know, for whatever reason, his little brain is, is fearful that he's, you're not going to be around or he's not taken care of or, you know, that you're going to leave or mom's going to leave. I think that's normal. I remember with my kids, they'd all of a sudden everything was good. And then they switch into, we're going out to dinner and Wilder's like hysterically bawling on the floor. I'm like, dude, I am be gone for an hour. You know, you're okay. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this short break with more daddy issues. But yeah, it just, there's phases, but that's why I just got off this podcast before we started. I had to leave because my sister called me because I'm trying to find a therapist for Wilder because, you know, he's been going through anxiety and uh, he got through a little bout of it. And now it's kind of back a little bit. He's just, it's ebbs and flows with him. But I just think he needs to talk to somebody other than me because he uses me and we talk a lot, but you know, I think he needs a professional, but I want to find someone who he'll vibe with, you know, someone who's a, who's kind of cool, a little younger, you know, someone he can express himself to and talk and talk to, you know. And it's interesting because he doesn't have anything wrong in his life from an outside perspective, meaning his parents are still together. We're still crazy in love and affectionate. He's got great siblings, you know, But whatever he's going through right now um, needs to be dealt with. And he's 14, and I think it's time that he at least give therapy a chance. Or let's see if we can't find someone. Um, I'm on medication, as you know, as our listeners know. This is my bout with insanity. But I'm not ready to do that. You know, I don't think he's that far down the road. Uh, 
It'd be interesting to get a, a professional opinion to see if if he thinks that. You want to find somebody. I think sometimes there's certain psychiatrists that are quick to mm-hmm. write the prescription. Yes. And and so now you're talking about a psychologist, I assume. Yes. And I think that's great. And and why not? And you know, and Yeah, and, I know, I know. It's like I, I wrestle with this a little bit because there's still a stigma, you know, about taking medication, about taking an antidepressant, not not necessarily for depression, but for anxiety. Um, and chemically, I, I, I know that it fixes me, it helps me. Now, when you're dealing with a developing 14-year-old brain, does that sort of SSRI or whatever medication you're on fuck with the chemistry of your brain? As it's developing. As, as it's developing, right. But at the same time, if I could give my son a pill to where, boom, he's feeling good and he's motivated and maybe Wilder does have a little ADHD, I think he might. And then, boom, he's actually doing well in school and he's focused and and all of a sudden his life force just picks up. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't we want to do that? Wouldn't I want to give him that pill? You know, I, I don't know. I, I wrestle with that sometimes. Yep. I do because when he was younger, we took him to get evaluated because he had issues in the first grade where he was very, very, very anxious. I was working in Nashville. I think that affected him, Um, but he was very anxious and I'd have to wait with him. I'd drop him off at school and I'd have to sit on the bench right outside of his classroom and then he'd come out and go to a second class. And by the time he got to the second class, I'd walk him to the second class and then I could kind of leave. But very, very anxious. You know, he's just born that way. And we took him to get evaluated. And, and, and basically the evaluation said that I think he had, you know, some, some sort of an, you know, ADHD-ish, nothing crazy. But she, her recommendation was to put him on medication. He was in first grade. I'm like, fuck, no, no. He's in first grade. You know, like, I'm not ready to do that. That's, that's insane to me. Um, but now that he's 14, you know, I don't know if, 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 if someone said, Hey, here's a little pill, you take this pill and everything's going to be good. And you're, there's no side effects, you know, and if there are, we'll figure that out, but there's no real side effects. And you just take this pill and life is fucking good. Well, why not? Well, you know, you have Hollywood connections. I would first talk to Tom Cruise about this. <laughs> This is a great point. This is I, a great I'm, point. I'm with you on everything you just said. I couldn't agree more. Um, I have daughters that are in their 20s and they wrestle with this stuff. Um, and and along the lines of psychologists, you know, I think I've talked about this before on on the podcast. But we we put the girls in with a psychologist when. Uh, I was going through a divorce. We were going through a divorce and what that does to a family the first time around. And I, just because somebody has, and I think I said this exact line on this podcast before, but just because somebody has a degree or an office mm-hmm. doesn't make them good at what they do. Mm-hmm. And and they may not connect with Wilder or it may not be the right person, or they may be putting stuff in that you don't agree with. And so it's almost like you have to interview you and Aaron have to interview the psychologist before Mm -hmm. you put Wilder with him or her. 
so that mm-hmm. you you can I assume you would anyway, but I would yeah. like to I would I would ask a lot of questions about what their thoughts are on exactly what you just talked about medication, a developing brain, what went on when he was in first grade. The bottom line is you're such a good dad and you and Aaron are great parents that no matter what it's easy for me to say but he's going to be fine because he's so well supported. You'll, yeah, you'll no, find I, your way through it. And you think yeah. about kids that go through this that don't have attentive parents. And that's that's the sad story, I think. Yeah, I know. It's just it's, there's such a helpless feeling, you know, when your kid is going through what he's going through. It's just, it's horrible. You know, like I just got it right before we got on. I got a call from him, you know, dad, I'm just, I feel I'm out of, I'm like out of body. That's what he's going through right now. It's like, he feels like he's not real. Like he's, he's having an out of body experience. Like he, and I know exactly what he's talking about because I, I get, I've had that where you're sort of looking at something and you know, you're in existence, but there's something that is surreal about what you're looking at and feeling like it's this, I'm out of body right now, you know? Um, so I'm dealing with that, but it's such a helpless feeling because I can only say so much and I say the same things over and over again. And you just want to take, take it away from your kid, like anything, like any sickness or anything. You you just want to to take it away, but I can't give him an Advil and his anxiety goes away. You know what I mean? I could give him one of my Lexapros though, (laughs) but I'm not going to do that. Um, But maybe you need to just stop with your Instagram. Start with that. Maybe that's what's causing all this. Yeah, if he's on there like, oh, Jesus, my dad went from just humming along in the car to being shirtless and singing with his hat off. Maybe that's feeding his anxiety. Uh, I know. But now I know what Aaron was dealing with with me when I'm going through my bouts of crazy shit, especially this summer, where she just doesn't know what the fuck to do. But she was really really protective of you. She was helpless, but she was protective of you. And when we were talking about going to Cabo, mm-hmm. whenever that was, she called Michelle and had a long talk with her about everything yeah. you were going through. Yeah. And it was it was really nice to hear. I mean, I was sad that you were going through it, but it was so great that she was so, you know, my wife's doing that right now with advocating for her dad who's been through, he's 75. We're in Denver right now. He's in a hospital. Um he had a fall. He fractured two vertebrae. He had a spinal fusion. And that set Jeez. off this chain of events where he's, you know, really discombobulated and really almost delusional in his hotel, in his hospital room, not knowing, you know, having fictitious conversations and, you know, referencing his dad who died 30 years before. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Michelle, you make sure you call my dad. And, t- and she's like, Grandpa Logan's been gone for 30 years. No. Are you kidding me? And and he was not like this mm-hmm. at all. But Michelle has been above and beyond like a a bulldog for her dad with hospital administrators, people trying to kind of flush him out and well, he had the surgery. He's ready to go. She's like, he's not ready to go. And here are the reasons why. And and he went to a rehabilitation center. that wasn't a good one. Was disconcerted, you know, whatever the word is. I can't even think of it. He was just out of his mind and was fighting, having an IV in, ripped that out, tried to get out uh. of bed, just had back surgery, fell, broke two ribs, broke uh, a thoracic vertebra, and then he smashed his head. 
twice within the first four hours of being Jesus. And, and she's, so now she's fought to get him back into the hospital. Now he's going back to the rehab place, but all the while she has been front and center fighting for her dad in a way that just blows me away. And I'm like, you know, shit, I hope that when I'm in need of this and I know, but I, I hope that you're half as good fighting for me because I know I'll be this, this good fighting for you because you need people in your corner to stand up and say, no, this is not, you know, it's easier on you, the hospital, to get him out of here, but he's not ready and here's why. And so she's been unbelievable and I'm, I couldn't be more proud of her or more in love and in awe of the job mm-hmm. that she's done advocating for her dad. And so that's what Aaron was for you. That's mm-hmm. what you're about to be and, you know, have always been for Wilder. And it'll get it'll get right. It'll yeah, get you right. just hope that your daughters take care of you when you're going through your insanity. Or if they're exactly. just gonna be like they're gonna be like, Oh dad, I'm fucking so done. I love you. It's been great, but right. here's a nice little home. <laughs> right. And then where's the inheritance, Dad? Right, exactly. Oh, right. Uh, get everyone looking at that. <laughs> yeah let's make all the affairs in order i don't know that scares the shit out of me as we've talked about with my family history with that but oh yeah there's nothing i can do um but between my daughters and michelle i'll have a nice little girl warrior force that will yeah. fight off anything for me I, that i know yeah oh yeah for sure it's funny how the girls and I'm noticing this with Rio. She's such a little nurturer too with me and like takes care of me. You know, she'll just come up to me and start just scratching my back for no reason. Well, she knows your love language. She does. <laughs> she does more than Aaron. Like Rio's always like loving on me and hugging me and like rubbing my back. I'm like, ah. And she's like, Daddy, you know, my love language is you doing my homework for me. Exactly. And I love ice cream. And so shoes. Mommy, go, yeah. f- go clean the kitchen. <laughs> if you're enjoying this episode of Daddy Issues, don't keep it to yourself. Please share the love and tell a friend about Daddy Issues and go subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We That's right. You. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss what's coming up right after the break. God, that that podcast we did last week, Michelle was like, it was like a a gift from God. Oh, did she listen to it? No. So last night she's like, I tried to listen to the podcast and my podcast app isn't working on my phone. And so it's, she goes, look, I said, because she knows I kind of went into the whole dancing thing and whatever and talking yeah. about love language and all that. <laughs> and I've just been kind of excited for her to hear it and yet nervous for her <laughs> for her to hear it. And so she goes on her app and it's like and it's us talking about athletic greens. Yeah. And then two sentences in it just craps out. And I'm like, thank you, God. For protecting me, for uh, our love language <laughs> podcast to not work on my wife's phone. That's... I mean, I was texting Josh at three. This is how my mind works. Okay. And Josh, feel free to jump in. 
I was texting Josh at 3.30 in the morning. I woke up and started thinking about stuff, thinking about the podcast and what I had said. Mm-hmm. And I was, I texted Josh, this poor guy, <laughs> one o'clock in the morning. I'm like, Josh, I don't know if you're up. This was on Wednesday. It was, the podcast is going to drop on Thursday. I'm like, this little section where I talked about X, can you uh, lift that out of there? He's like, yeah, don't worry about it. Then I'm listening to the whole podcast. Like, what else did I say? Because it's just you and me talking. It's dangerous yeah. for me because we're just yeah. talking. Yeah. And then we're going to yeah. release this to the world. Right. <laughs> and I'm really protective of everything. And I'm like, I, I don't want to piss off the one person that I know is in my corner in Michelle. And so I thought he was it was like, a really good one. I thought it was very like, you know, cathartic, good talk about everything that went down and Michelle confiding in me about you and you know we we was it was good. What did you? We can't. You're not going to say because then we have to lift it from this. But what did you take out of? What were you? What were you? Non-specifically, what were you worried about when you woke up at three thirty in the morning, thinking, "Holy shit! Wait a minute." Me being a smart ass about her reluctance when you talked about reading the the book of the five love languages okay. or whatever right. whatever that. And yeah. me laughing about, you know, books and whatever. <laughs> I, I I don't want to go into it again because I don't want to wake up at three o'clock in the morning thinking about this stuff. But how good is Josh that he's like, he was A, he was up. B, he lifted it out of the podcast. And then wow. at one o'clock in the morning, his time. What was he doing up? Josh, were you a uh, catfish Sexting another person? Yeah, probably. No, no, no. I was rearranging my entire office. I had everything apart. I had like, I I got a new standing desk in here. So I've been like, and I have OCD. So I'm just like, everything has got to be just perfect. And so like, I I was going to go to bed at like 1230. And then I was like, no, I, I think I have more ideas. So I came into the office and I just tore it all apart again. And then I got the text from Joe and I was like, okay, perfect. I'm up anyway. You have an open box behind you right now. Does that bother you? Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, this whole behind me is a mess. Like everything's a mess. I have a whole bunch of stuff I got to return because that's what I do. I like found a bunch of stuff, but I didn't know how it was going to, I didn't know how it was going to be in real life. That's a whole other topic, by the way, where I've discovered that paying more money for something that I think is nicer does not always mean it's going to be quality. I got a whole bunch of junk that I paid premium dollars for. So how can you have a parrot? I would think of all the things. I, I guess on one hand, it's not like a dog, but I does the is the bird pretty self-sufficient? Like you it's a clean animal to have in the house? I think so. I mean it's like I mean they poop a lot, obviously, but like it's it's their their mess does not really bother Don't me. Don't say that obviously much. when it comes to parrots. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there is there is no <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Their mess doesn't... We're, we're not part of the Facebook group, okay? I, I don't know that they poop a lot. I, in fact, I didn't know they pooped at all. I know. Neither did I. Yeah, so so their mess doesn't bother me. I don't know. It's it, That's a whole other category. It's, it's segmented that's away love. in my brain to something else. Yeah, that's I love them too much. There's nothing they can, you know, that doesn't bother me. How many parrots okay. do you have? Three. Three. Would you rather, if you had to give one away Sophie's choice, like which one would you 
give away? Oh, I can't do. I can't answer that question. There's no way I could answer that question. They listen to what the podcast. What are the differences? But <laughs> what are the differences between the three? <laughs> Age and color. Go. <laughs> okay, so Lily is is the oldest. She's a lovebird, very small, uh, ten years old, and she is a biter, and she's just feisty, and it's she's really difficult to manage. Cora is the second oldest. Sounds she's, like Michelle. She's nine, and uh, and Cora is an angel with me, but she's very she she. If I leave the room, she is not happy. And and she's not the nicest to Vanessa all the time, but she sounds like Blake obsessed with me. Mm -hmm. And then Piper is uh, the cockatiel. He's another. He's also a small bird. He's the one that we we don't know how old he is because we rescued him. But uh, he uh, he's friends with everybody. Will just go up in everybody's face and just you know just tries to be friends to his own <laughs> so it detriment. Sounds like it sounds like the first one will get the will get the axe. I guess, but I can't, I mean, come on. Like, I, I would be devastated just the same, though. Like, I mean, she's the most difficult to deal with, but I'd still be devastated just the same. I can't answer that Has question. that thing ever bitten, sorry, thing? Has that, <laughs> is that boy or girl? Girl. Has that girl parrot ever bitten you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, lots of times. Oh, my God. Every day. How does that oh, not, really? Yeah. It hurt like hell. It does hurt like do hell. Not, you know that Why? old joke about? Do you know that old joke about the pirate that returns to the sea village after being out to sea a long time, no. and he sees his friend in the bar, and his friend's like, "Jesus, Josh the pirate, you look like hell. I mean, now you got a patch over one eye, <laughs> you've got a hook instead of a hand, and you've got a wooden leg. I mean, the last time I saw you, you didn't have any of that. What the hell happened to you?" He said, "Well, I was out to sea. You know this one? No, but you I know, know where this is going." I was out to sea, and uh, I fell overboard. The shark bit off my leg. Boom! I got a I got a wooden leg and instead of my leg since I last saw you. Then I was out swabbing the deck, and uh, it was a beautiful day. And I looked up, and a seagull shit in my eye. And he's like, "Oh, okay, but why a patch?" And he said, well, you know, when a seagull shits in your eye and it's your first day wearing a hook. <laughs> <laughs> I know that joke. So, I forgot that one. <laughs> for good reason. Um, that was that was a favorite of my dad's. I, I forgot about being in the duel and cutting off the hand, and that's why he's wearing the hook. But it still works. Yeah. My point is, if a parrot bit me, my natural reaction would not be good for right. the parrot. Right. You know? get that. Do you agree with that, Oliver? If a parrot yeah. took a, just bit you in the neck or in the oh, arm or whatever, what's, I would I would go oh. all in. And I wouldn't yeah. feel good about it. <laughs> no, but I agree. I mean any any animal that is supposed to be mine that bites me is done. I mean, even if one of my dogs all of a sudden like bit me, I'm like, oh you're out of here. Sorry. That's really? not how I work. Yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah. But but like Lily's bites are not like sometimes they draw blood, but not all the time. So, Jesus. So, I mean, oh, it's not Josh. but it's not like I mean, I don't know. Like I just Josh. You know, it's just how she is. I, I, I Do you love your birds as much as you love your wife, Vanessa? Uh, yeah, of course. But what if you had to make a choice between your birds, and your wife, like your birds are all going to be killed immediately or you have to or Vanessa has to divorce. 
Oh, so so one situation. It's not it's not Vanessa's life or the bird's life. It's Vanessa. No, no. It's us getting divorced versus divorced, the, and that that's it. You're no longer together. Like you're done, or your birds all get incinerated. <laughs> I have a feeling I'm going to be waking up at three in the morning to lift something <laughs> yeah. out of this episode. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I, don't answer this question. If you're hesitating. If you're hesitating at all, don't finish. Don't answer the question. I think you just answered it, really. All right, let me, mark the, the birds. let me mark the time code here. You're choosing the birds over your wife. That's all right. I'm at just saying I wouldn't I wouldn't have them die. Like you're talking about that's a very dramatic comparison yeah, but, but, like they but, would but lose you're no their longer lives. with your wife that's it your wife is done Vanessa's out of your life forever and ever i don't even ever. think that's she so would want but she wouldn't want them to die either you know okay i i'm pretty sure she would answer it the same way so you'd rather get divorced than have all my pets killed instantly yeah incinerated what with like a with like a flame yeah thrower. in a heartbeat i would do that jeez that's kind of crazy. Is it really? I Yeah, I mean, okay. I, I, I there's no world where I would leave Aaron, you know, for my animals. I love my animals, but, you know, come on, that's my wife. It's, oh, crap. Margo yeah, says you, it's crazy too. That's all right. We're not Can I not, vote? Can I vote? It's 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 disturbing. It's I, it's I don't know. So, could let me ask you this. If you could legally, would you marry one of your parents? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Have you ever had sexual fantasies about your birds? No, 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 definitely not. That's a, that's but but the, the we have a problem. We have a problem with Cora being having sexual fantasies about me. So oh, really? I think so because she, you know, what it, does Cora hump your leg? It's a bird. <laughs> she, yeah. she she starts getting she starts getting there's certain telltale signs that she's getting worked up and excited when she's on my shoulder. Uh. You ever put like a cracker on your wiener? No, no. <laughs> How did we go from me rearranging my office? Because birds are messy. Pets are messy. I know. How can an OCD person have no, a right. messy pet? I know, you're right. But no, I, I can't. I, I, I mean, I guess that's messed up, but I can't imagine making that decision. That just that the whole idea is disturbing to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not as disturbing uh, as a cracker on your wiener. Yeah, that's pretty disturbing too. Thanks, Oliver. I don't even know how you do that. What do you mean? <laughs> well, whatever. I don't want to go down that path. <laughs> Somebody's knocking on my door. Oh, Larry, let's in real time. Well, let's, who is it, the boys? Um, it may be my wife. Oh, this is exciting, everyone. Hi. Oh. oh, thank you. No, appreciate oh. it. Yeah, that's great. Thanks. And you need housekeeping service today? Um, yeah, but maybe a little bit. Yeah, like an hour or so? Yeah. Okay, so oh. you go. Oh, wow. Did you get laundry done? <laughs> yeah, we're. God only knows how long we're going to be here. Oh, wow. You did hotel laundry. I've, I've never done hotel laundry, ever. Well, not one of not one article of my clothing was just returned. I none of my stuff was. I can pack for a week, but yeah, clearly my boys. So wait, how long are you there in Denver? I don't know. 
It depends on when, when my father-in-law turns the corner here. So as of now we're here through Sunday, but I have a feeling if this doesn't get better fast, then Michelle will be here longer than that. And are you just going to hang? Yeah. Yeah. Or I'll just take the boys home and she can be here without feeling like she has to jump between kids and dad and whatever. I can handle stuff at home and, I don't know. It's just, it's just one of those times. And, and I can tell you that going to visit him and I, and I really like him a lot and, and he and I get along great. It reminded me a lot of seeing my dad mm. in the hospital and he was there for seven months and the story there never got better. Um, that's not to say that's going to happen in this case, but it's it just being down and out and being confused about where you are. is just such a, it's gotta be such a frightening Oof place and and he's there now my dad was there back in 2002 and you know that's 20 years ago now for me that my dad's been gone and Mm -hmm. just brings it all kind of flooding back to me which is pretty crazy that it's it's just it's just very vivid walking into the hospital room and seeing somebody that that out of it Mm -hmm. does your dad not know who you were at any point um, right at the end, he had had a couple of strokes and he was a little, he just was different. And I, yeah, he knew, but he became really paranoid on, you know, kind of who was out to get him. And, and, and Michelle's dance that way too. I think when you're, you're dependent on a nursing staff and doctors that you don't know mm-hmm. and you're vulnerable, it's like, you become like, you know, who, who are these people? And and he's already got a, a bit of sundowners or whatever you want to call it. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's, it's the same kind of stuff. Did my dad know who I was? Yes. Was he kind of a different person when he passed away in some ways? Yes. Because strokes just do that to you. Mm-hmm. Mm, man. And, and is that Michelle's dad? Is that, what he's dealing with stroke? No, he, no, he's had, uh, he's having these kind of hallucinations and, um, and tremors or kind of, uh, little seizures, but he has not, he's, he's been checked for strokes and he's not had any. So what so, is his, what is wrong with him actually? Well, the main thing is being 75 and mm. not that active and having a back reconstruction, spinal yeah. fusion, and not knowing where the hell he is. Right. Uh, I would say the bigger issue right now is his mental state. And I, yeah. I kind of feel like that will clear up once he gets out of this cycle. But mm-hmm. he's been in so many different places. He's been in three different hospitals, a rehab center, mm-hmm. over the last three and a half, four weeks. So mm-hmm. it's it's just, I don't know. I, um, um hopeful for the best. And I, I think he will pull through this, but we'll just have to wait and see. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just life is life. And you, you go through this and we, we all do, you know, in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. Is Michelle there now? Is she at the hospital? She's at the hospital now because he's getting transferred to this rehabilitation center. So I've got the boys in the other room. And uh, our nanny just showed up. Uh, she just got here from Kansas City. So we've got some help and all's good. So we got this part of it and she can concentrate on her dad. But I, 
narcissistically, I feel like yeah. he perked up a bit when I was there two days ago. And mm-hmm. it was kind of a relief to talk to somebody that he knew that wasn't either his son or daughter or nurse yeah. or doctor. Yeah. I know he got a lift out of me being there. And I don't know, it's hard for me to to leave the boys sitting here because of all the guilt we talk about because they're like where are you we're gonna go skiing this weekend for the first time if if he's better but i don't know it's not trending in that direction i know but the boys on ski that's will be an interesting time (laughs) yeah they're first of all they got a kick out of the idea of of being on a quote-unquote bunny hill i don't know Mm -hmm. why that made them maybe they're thinking of their favorite comedian benny hill uh but it was like <laughs> well, yeah, you no, said bunny hill and they loved it they're like oh, they so loved, oh, bunny hill and i can't wait for them to i can't wait for them to experience this and and to, to watch them kind of navigate and you know fall mm-hmm. on their ass and pick themselves up and keep going it's going to be where fun. are you going to go do you know we're going to go to winter park because we're going to check out that that piece of land out there that oh um, good that we got in on. So we'll see. All right. Fun, 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 fun. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I think I've seen you enough in your daughter's purple bed. Uh, no, I know. Me too. I think we're good. I think you need to, you need to get to your phone and deal with your future. Wow. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you. Bye. Later. Listen to Daddy Issues on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Daddy Issues is a production of Cavalry Audio and iHeartMedia, produced by Margot Carmichael. Sound engineering and editing by Josh Windish. Executive produced by Joe Bach, Oliver Hudson, Dana Brunetti, and Keegan Rosenberger.